Hey guys, so thanks to the wonderful feedback I got in the last podcast and in today's podcast, I want to talk a, bit, a little bit more about spending. And um, I realized the last podcast was quite, was quite long, so I'm going to try to keep it brief. And like always, if you have any opinions or suggestions of your own, please feel free to either leave, leave me a comment or um, even message me um, on my Facebook or Instagram. Um, and you can find me on my Instagram on uh, Paperfish Photo. Um, so, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is how you can uh, protect your investment, which is important because you spend a lot of money on, on, on your business and in, in, in your gear, right? So, uh, a lot of photographers have that mentality of like, oh, I don't need to protect my gear because I use it and, you know, things are going to get scratched up. And that's true, but I think it's important to, to try to protect it as much as you can because, you know, uh, first of all, you don't want uh, things to get damaged and, you know, and, and it's going to affect your workflow and because you need to bring it in for repair. Um, and secondly, because there's a very high chance um, that you'll be reselling it and you want to resell your equipment, um, you know, in, in fairly good quality so you can get more money for it. So, um, two things I usually buy when I first buy cameras. Um, one is the, the um, silicone, silicone skin, uh, which is basically like a uh, camera protection uh, with silicone um, wrap that protects your uh, camera body. Um, and uh, the other thing is a screen protector. Yeah, I think we all know what a screen protector is. Basically, just a plastic film that goes on top of the LCD displays, um, you know, for to avoid from scratching and so forth. Um, I think that with the silicone skin, I think it's uh, it's it's a very worthwhile investment. I've been using it since like the 5D Mark IIs. Uh, I'm a Canon user once again, so sorry. I like often refer to Canon cameras, uh, but they make it for all sorts of uh, all, all all brands now. And the other thing, good thing about a silicone cover is that. Um, you, you have better grip when your when your camera has a silicone cover on, and I know some people have uh, worry about these covers. You know, um, adding on to the overheating. Um, I've I have one for the A sixty five hundred, which is kind of known for overheating issues. And I've never had an overheating issue. Um, I, I I never had an overheating issue with the four Canon cameras that I have purchased um, these uh, easy covers, uh, sorry, the silicone um, covers for. Um, And with that said, there are uh, various brands. If you're, if you want to get the like the original silicone cover, there's a brand called the Easy Cover that make really high quality silicone covers for ca- um, all sorts of cameras. But you will find online a lot of um, Chinese manufacturers that make them too, and they're just a fraction of the price. And actually, I prefer the Chinese manufactured silicone covers because they're a little thinner and it's just uh, more convenient to use with uh, accessories and things like the L brackets and so forth but you know um, do check those out and and I strongly recommend that your new next on your next camera purchase that you buy a silicone cover for your camera
Um, the next thing that I bought is something I purchased recently and I, I love is the USB dummy batteries and they make um, I, I, they make these USB dummy batteries for majority of the cameras out there right now like if you have a popular camera they most likely have one for it and basically what that is is a U dummy battery that ha and then on the other end you can attach a um, USB cord which plugs into a um the uh a usb power bank so rather than using um your camera battery you you're powering your camera from a usb power bank and uh, at first i was kind of skeptical to whether or not these things work well um and quite frankly i've had a problem it's um uh, uh, mind you though because the uh, the camera makers don't make this as an official accessory so they're not going to recommend you using it and also um they uh, and also you're going to be buying from most likely online sellers and manufacturers that sell them online so um you know, it's uh, I can't really say which one works best because there isn't a, a brand. Um, I've noticed like the one that I use and my the one that my friend uses doesn't look the same. So, but you know, so far we haven't had any uh, problems with the USB dummy batteries. But you know, all it has is brought convenience to my workflow, and especially I mean, before I was using this USB dummy battery, I used to bring like ten to twelve. Um, batteries uh, to a shoot and now I just bring like maybe two or three as a backup and then I primarily use this USB battery um, mind you you could also use the dummy battery with the AC adapter which um, for example Canon makes one for Canon cameras but you know, I find, I mean, I have that as well, and I, I, I don't find it as useful because the only time I would use something like that is when I'm in the studio. And whenever I'm on location or, um, you know, just uh, the USB um, dummy battery is so, so much more convenient. Like, for example, if you power your camera with like a 20 mil, a 20,000 milliamp um, USB power bank, it will last you for like six, seven hours, like on live view. That's crazy. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, like with batteries, I easily use up like 10 batteries already with that time. So, and, you know, just imagine not having to charge so many batteries before a shoot, you know. So, and they're not expensive. Um, I bought mine for, I think it was like 12 or $15. Yeah, or not um mind you I, I get most of my stuff off of taobao which is like in asia that's like the chinese amazon and and also because i'm in asia so the shipping isn't that expensive but you guys should check out taobao which is um there's like a taobao international but apparently my friends told me that the shipping on Taobao International is quite expensive um, because they use AliExpress or something like that. Um, the thing is, if you can find, uh, if you have friends that are all constantly traveling to Asia or whatever, you know, buying from Taobao is so cheap. Um, you know, like it, it, once you 
bought something from Taobao, you'll never buy anything from Amazon. And Taobao is basically Alibaba, and、um, which is like the biggest a-、um, online seller in Asia.、Um, and they have a lot of like you know、um, really cheap.、Uh, Things you know, they're not just camera stuff, but everything.、Um, and mind you, though, a lot of these things are knockoff too. And but like like for example, the camera, sk- the silicone skin. But you know, on certain items, I don't really mind that's a knockoff as long as it. You know, has it, it works just the same, and obviously with things like that. Uh, it's 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 a bit of a you know you 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 will have to try it out to find out but、um, I just have that kind of、um, policy with when it comes to online、um, purchases especially with、um, Chinese products like if it's anything. Um, electronic or something that's like you know an ex- expensive ex- accessories. I usually go and purchase the brand product, and then if it's not an important accessory or something that's not electronic,、um, then I will consider buying the、uh, Chinese knockoff or Chinese manufactured product.、Uh, but anyhow, so that, that that's just me, and it's up to you. But you know, you go ahead if you want. If you feel better buying the easy cover, for, let's just say and. You know, it, there's it's still a really good item.、Um, it's just a little bit more expensive. That's all.、Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is just、um, you know getting good filters.、Uh, don't bother buying cheaper filters for your lenses because you'll just end up wanting the better filters in the future. Like even if you don't find that a nece-、uh, necessity now, you'll end up wanting more,、uh, better filters because as you get better in your photography, you'll notice. That oh you know things like、um, the the color tints that, that you get from、um, the, the inferior filters like for example in polarizers or in ND filters、um, kind of a pain to get rid of in post and and so you may want、um, you know to spend a little bit more money on filters and I think with filters you know、uh, a, a little tip is I usually buy something that's big like an 82 millimeter and then I just use step down rings、um, so that it can fit all sorts of lenses.、Um, And also, I think the other thing too is a lot of people have UV filters, which is really just to protect your lens from,、um, you know, the, the primary use for a UV filter is just really from for protection. But if you use a, for example,、um, I have a 24 millimeter Tilschiff and a 100 millimeter macro lens, where、uh, I don't use a UV filter, and instead I have a polarizer on it. Permanently,、uh, because、um, these lenses use it、uh, for me. I use a polarizer on them quite often, so I just leave the polarizer on, and this way you don't really need the UV filter on there for protection, anyways. So、um, yeah, that's another option.、Um, Yes.、Yeah, so yeah, get a UV filter, get a decent one, and how do you know if it's decent? Just go up on like websites like. <clears throat> like、um, B and H or Adorama or even on Amazon,、uh, but I I I find the reviews on B and H to be、uh, much better and. 
uh, and or or Adorama, I should say, because like uh, Amazon, it, I'm not too sure. Some of the, the reviews, I, I I'm not saying they're fake or whatever, but it's just that you don't know really know. Um, you know who's writing them, and they may be just new to photography. And with B and H, I think a lot of the reviews or comments made are from you know uh, people with a lot of experience, and so um, you know what they say is tends to be a little bit more accurate. Um, so another th uh, thing I want to talk about is just uh, I want to isolate and talk about one particular item, which is the loop deck. Um, I don't know if anyone is familiar with what a loop deck is. It's basically a little panel that um, um, you could. There's a lot of uh, knobs that you can uh, use to adjust and uh, your edits in Lightroom. And at first, I was really excited about. The loop deck, and but you know, the more I found out about it, and when the product came out, I gave it a try at the at the shop. I just think it's more of a novelty item. Um, it's not very expensive. I believe it's like I think it's less than two hundred dollars. But um, well, at least the loop deck one was. I'm not sure about the loop deck two, and it does allow you to program a few keys in there. But I think. For most of you that are doing a lot, primarily a lot of the, your editing on uh, in Lightroom, I don't think the loop deck can really speed up your process. Um, I've heard from wedding photographers that they say it's uh, it's faster for them, but you know if you're not doing, uh, I, and I'm not sure how, but if you're not doing weddings uh, and you're just doing like primarily primarily RE and interiors um, and product photography like I am I don't see how this uh, loop deck product can speed speed up your workflow um, you know because most of us that when you're in Lightroom um, we use the copy and paste settings or the synchronization settings most uh, mostly anyways so uh, or the batch edits settings right so uh, yeah and then if you're editing in Photoshop like I do um, there's actually like better um, loop deck type of products where you can program a lot of keys um, and, and shortcuts into into the device and I think the loop deck is just like in between um, you know it, it, it doesn't allow to you to program like I think like 10, 10 buttons but you know that's not a lot for Photoshop but um, for for Lightroom it's kind of useless too so I, I would stay away from a product like that um, especially uh, especially if you're doing RE because I don't think that's uh, useful at all so and you know you might as well save your money for, for an, a, a, a new lens or something you know um, so another thing I want to talk about is once again I want to talk about buying second-hand equipment and um, a lot of photographers are against that and you know a lot of people I, I can understand some people don't like the fact that their lens their lenses have been used or, or their equipment in general have been used by somebody else and they don't know whether or not they, they've treated the equipment well and they're kind of um, concerned about you know the whether or not uh, the, the, the second equi second hand equipment can last as long as you know the brand new equipment 
um, the thing is you you know like buying brand new equipment you you should you need to know about the gear that you're buying and what to look for um, as long as you know what to look for and also you know as long as you can tell that it's in fairly good shape um, you shouldn't have a big problem I mean obviously if you see a big dent in your lens or you know a big piece of paint chipped from your camera body then most likely they've, they've dropped it right and you know you and most likely you're going to test things like um with lenses right if, if, if you can't seem to get the focus right or um does the focus ring feels kind of weird you know that those are all signs that 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 lens is not a um it's most likely a lemon so uh yeah just you know you need to know what you're looking for but in general i support buying secondhand equipment because I also always consider buying secondhand equipment similar to um, buying hockey equipment for your kids. Um, you know, it, it's it in in our profession, um, we go through quite a lot of gear, just like kids do when they play hockey. And you know, it's it, you save a lot more money by buying secondhand, and not necessarily are secondhand um, gonna be. Um, you know, will will that affect the quality of your service, right? Um, sometimes with certain gear, the technology passed by so fast. Um, you know, you won't be able to. Sometimes I've realized that there are certain features on a on a new piece of equipment that I haven't used, and I'm already posting the item on sale online um, for a trade-in or an upgrade, you know. So it's I, I wouldn't be too caught up about buying brand new equipment or falling in love with your equipment in general is a big no-no for the photography business. Um, it's because, like, we go through a lot of equipment and you're most likely going to get something new to replace it in, in, in a couple of years. So don't worry about um you know whether or not uh the second equipment will last or whatever because most likely they will first of all i think um you know it, buy from reputable um um, secondhand shops um, don't buy from someone online that doesn't have a good sales record and or buy from you know fellow photographers that you know they that keep their equipment very well i mean if if you buy if you if you're buying from a friend or a fellow photographer and then you can see you know them treating their equipment very poorly then that's most likely a good sign that they're not someone that you should buy off of right so yeah but other than that i would definitely go with um buying secondhand when you can um it's just that you know you 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 avoid a lot of uh, loss from uh, depreciation and you know cameras depreciate very quickly it's a little better with lenses but with camera bodies they drop very quickly um and also like the other thing with um Oh, sorry. I mean, uh, I wanted to go on about quality of the equipment too. It's um, uh, it's it's very important that um, you you target and and or or you decide to go with quality over the price too, because um, for example, um, 
with the tilt shift lenses. I mean, there's there's not a lot of options out there, but um, the Rokinon makes a 24 millimeter tilt shift, and it's a lot cheaper than the Canon 24 millimeter tilt shift. But if you use the Rokinon, the Rokinon is quite terrible, and in, in terms of uh, the the image quality is okay, but um, the, the the shift knobs um, or the tilt knobs um, are very hard are, are very difficult to adjust and also not to mention that you feel the lens kind of nudge a bit at times and it's just things like that you want you don't want to bother with when you're on a shoot and the thing is you know, try selling a Rokinon afterwards. You're gonna have a very hard time. It, like I always tell uh, fellow photographers that are trying or deciding to go with a cheaper option, is that you're gonna have a harder time selling that. Um, you know, with like that example I just raised, if you bought a 24 millimeter tilt shift and you, you ended up you know deciding oh i need a 17 or whatever and you didn't want to keep it and you want and 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 and, and try to sell it you you'd sell it easily as long as it's still in good shape and so forth but you know trying to sell something like a rokinon is is hard like i've tried before actually i had i used to have a, a rokinon uh, 14 millimeter and it was really cheap it was really sharp and when i post tried to post it to um um online for a uh, for sale it nobody no one was interested because the, the, the lens itself is so cheap to, to begin with there's really no point of buying the second hand and um and also not to mention with the 14 millimeters there's so many better options too and you know come like if, if i had to make the decision again i'd probably like go with a canon 14 millimeter or something else like um rather than the rokinon um so yeah so consider that when you're deciding between quality and price uh, quality will always not only give you better images but also be a lot um well, how should I say? Like, will be more, more or less, will be more or less stress-free when it comes to getting rid of the lens later on. Um, yeah. So uh, apart from that, oh, uh, so I wanted to go on and talk about buying lighting equipment, which has been quite a popular topic in in a lot of forums lately um as you know a lot of people are using the godox system and then uh, we have also a lot of people using speed lights too which is fine and then um we also have like higher end users that use systems like the Profoto b10s or uh, or even like the Profoto air systems now i'm not going to argue and say I use both actually. I use the Godox system when I'm on location, and then I use the uh, Profoto D1 in in studio. And I'm not gonna say the Godox are better lights or the Profotos are better lights. Um, I am gonna what I am gonna say is the Godox are a lot cheaper, and quality wise really depends on what you're doing 
um, if you're doing RE, I don't think you're gonna find a big difference between the Godox or a, with a Profoto. Um, each has its strength and each has its weaknesses. Um, I would definitely, uh, like for me, I would go with the Godox because of the fact that it's cheaper and I could afford to buy back backup lens, uh, sorry, backup lights or just extra lights to have on hand, which is for me, it will be more um, practical. And also the fact that because it's not that expensive, I'm not going to worry about damages as much. Whereas with photo, not only are the lights expensive, the accessories are very, very expensive and if you're using anything with a battery pack you're gonna have to buy extra batteries and the batteries are very expensive as well um some people argue and say oh well Profoto is more consistent in terms of the power output and the lights i'm just going to tell you from my personal experience and that's not the case um maybe it's also because of the fact that my d1s that i use in the studio aren't that new but um i've had power inconsistency issues with portfolio d1s as well and maybe it's time to bring it back to the shop um i'm not gonna say that's that's the case for all portfolios because obviously i haven't used um, enough to make that judgment um, but in terms of the color inconsistencies i can tell you that it's actually worse than um, certain Godox lights. Um, I have a set of um, Godox um, 8600 Pros, which has the uh, color temperature um, consistency mode. And with that on, it, it's actually better than Profoto. Um, and that is very important, actually, if you're um it's not so with re but if you're doing things like product photography um or fashion photography where you're doing a lot of like burst shooting or uh, focus stacking um you want to have the colors and power as uh, uh, as as consistent as possible because otherwise you're gonna have spend a lot of time tweaking the these uh photos right so um the, the other thing, oh, I mean, and there there are good things about, you know, going with the Profoto system as well. I mean, I do think their um, their menu system is 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 not as complicated. And um, also the quality overall, the quality is a bit higher, like the feel of it, the actual physical feel of it is actually higher. Um, so the thing the other thing, too, is like it, it depends on the client you're doing. Right. I mean, it's just your servicing all right so like if you're servicing a re interiors cl um, client for a um, real estate um, broker or a, um, or a, a agent right um, I I don't think you know if there's anything wrong with using a Godox system and there's definitely no need to go with a Profoto uh, but if you're doing if you're servicing a advertising client or you know just a high-end client um, you may want to use something like a Profoto or a brown colored light and not because they're you know brand name lights and they make you look good right but because of the fact that they're less prone to maybe um, errors and, and you know, less likely to break down. Um, I have heard 
uh, from a lot of Godox users that, you know, especially the 8200s, at certain times that an error message will pop up and so forth. Um, but mind you this, I hear more problems with the Godox system because more people use the Godox system. I mean, how many of you are actually buying Profoto lights to shoot RE? I mean, it's a lot of overkill, really. Um, not in terms of the power, but in terms of the price. And unless you're making, you know, I'm just, I'm just ballparking it here, but I think unless you're making more than $200,000 a year, um on your photography i would not even consider um you know buying photo lights or brown color lights uh it's just not economically worth it but that's just me um you know most of the advertising photographers uh do use profoto or brown color lights and that's because especially brown color actually out of the these high-end lights i think brown color actually makes the the best lights in terms of color consistency and so forth um, and that's why a lot of advertising photographers use it because with advertising clients um, we need to make sure you know the colors and everything is just you know um, is just right and there's no room for in, inaccuracies and so forth so it's important to use um, the high-end um, lights for, for jobs like that. Um, the other thing which this leads to is the um, is megapixels. I mean, I see a lot of people, you know, going up to with the 50 megapixels like the 5 DSRs and um, or even the newer uh, Fuji GFX 50Rs, which is 50 megapixel cameras. And some are already talking about the 100 megapixel uh, Fuji that's coming out. And it's true. In general, you want to the more megapixel you have, the better. Um, but the thing is, it also depends on what you're, who you're shooting for once again. I mean, if you're shooting R8, forget it. I mean, anything above 16 megapixels is good enough. Um, if you're shooting for like a magazine or uh, for billboards for advertising, then yes, you do want something that's, you know, above 50 megapixels because um, if you know anything about print, uh, basically it's, it's, it's very hungry for megapixels. I'm not going to get into that, but basically, you know, um, I was shooting for a magazine um, earlier on with a uh, 5D Mark IV, and basically, um, I was very close to um, not having sufficient um, resolution uh, or megapixels for 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 a two-page spread because um, if um, if if you plan to shoot slightly looser and crop in um, a little bit even um, a, a 36 megapixel camera is actually just you know very close to to uh, stretching it when it comes to a two-page spread so um, yeah if you're if you're shooting for magazines or 
for um, posters or billboards, then you will need something that is in higher uh, megapixel count, especially if you're shooting for a end product that is uh, meant to be viewed at like an arm's length type of um, distance. Um, but the for, uh, but you know I'm not gonna get too much into the DPIs and whatever. But basically, if you can, in theory, you can shoot like a a billboard uh, with a 5D Mark II. Um, that's because the DPI on a, a billboard is much lower, like maybe um, 75 or even uh, 15 or 25 DPIs. So um, anyways, but if you don't understand what that is, it's you're not struggling with this problem. And most of your work, you will be fine with anything from 16 to 36 megapixels. Um, and the other thing I don't suggest on getting um, a camera with such high megapixels is because it, it takes, it, it uses time to store um, files of that size. And also it costs you more money in terms of the hard drive space and whatever um, to make, uh, to, to import these images, to make backups, to make servers um, from your backups, etc. Et so, um, yeah, I mean, like why, why provide such big images or use such um, big images for your edits when your client doesn't require uh, you to to uh, use such a a high resolution image. Um, it's at the end you're just causing you're just creating a problem for yourself, right? So yes, and then um, and then the last part I want to talk about is traveling. Um, I travel quite a bit and. Um, a few things that I, um, uh, you know, a little rule that I have with my, me and my assistant is that um, we um, always carry all our equipment on carry-on. We never bring it up, put, um, place our equipment on cargo because there's a very big chance that things will um, will break and also you know they, they get tossed around and lenses and camera bodies just don't like that and the only thing that we do kind of put in cargo is probably like light stands or um, you know just gear that can take beating um, the other thing is when you're working abroad I, I generally have a rule where I mean of course you the client's not really not going to have much of an opinion unless you, you know, unless you're renting a lot of equipment. Um, but basically, I try to keep everything within a, a small Pelican case. Um, it, uh, what I mean is, I want to, I, I try to keep everything in one small Pelican case worth of a fragile lighting equipment. And um, if I do find I need more than that, I I I, I don't bring it from um, I, I don't bring it abroad. I, I I just rent on location because it's just it's just not worth it. Um, the hassle you go through with declaring equipment and so forth, and especially you know sometimes I have to 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 shoot in China and it's a pain in the ass and. Um, 
it's just um, it's more it's easier to rent on location. And you know, of course, when you're doing that, though, uh, regardless of whether you're renting on location or um, you're bringing the equipment over from your hometown.、Um, Charge your customers for that because there should be a charge because you're doing so much more on top of the photography service. So whether you're renting on, in location or bringing in abroad, there should be some sort of extra fee added onto the invoice,、um, just so that、um, you know you don't do too much and you're not getting reimbursed for it.、Um, yeah. So on the last thing, the point I just want to make is, you know. The money you save, or the money you、um, end up not wasting, I should say, on 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 unnecessary、uh, gear or equipment, you should really think about、um, in in the long run. If you don't already, just buying extra.、Uh, there's certain things that you should spend money on, and that is like extra body, camera body, or extra lenses.、Um, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where something breaks down. In the middle of shoot, and you don't have an extra body on the shoot. That's 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 really bad because I can tell you this: that if something like that happened, and、um, even if you reschedule or whatever, that client is never going to come back. And so, make sure you have like extra camera bodies and lenses.、Um, it, I mean, if you're just starting out, I know that's a very big cost、um, to add on to your workflow, but、um, it's something that you should aim at. And、um, you don't need something that's, you know, just if you're if you have a. You know, a pretty good camera. Now you don't have, need to buy something in equivalent, but maybe something that shares the same lens mount, a, a lower model, even a crop sensor、uh, camera. If you're using full frame, so at least you have something, you know, just to get by and finish the shoot. You know what I mean? So if if anything happens, that is of course.、Um, and the other thing in the long run, I think for a lot of you that is、um, working in. Uh, North America and Canada, U.S. You should really find a way to, like I mentioned before, is to to see if you can start buying things from from Taobao.、Um, I, I'm not in any way affiliated with Taobao, but I just think、um, you'll save so much more money. And、uh, but that being said, of course, only if you can find a way to. Ship these things back, and if you have any friends that travel to Asia for work, or you know, if you have any Asian friends that kind of travel back and forth quite a bit,、um, or you know, the other thing is, you know.、Uh, to, Tickets to Asia are, is very cheap nowadays, <laughs> and、uh, jokingly as I sound, but you know, make a trip to Asia. You know, plan a、uh, plan an annual trip to Asia, and、uh, buy your gear,、um, and and just carry it all back.、Um, but of course, you know, I I think for a lot of you, that's probably not the first option. But if you do have know someone that's in Asia, maybe see if there's other、um, shipping methods. Um, you know, and avoid the AliExpress 
a method that my friend was mentioning to me, which is very costly. But you know, if you get a chance, go up on the Taobao International and just kind of type of um, and Google some of the um,、uh, sorry, and search some of the equipment that you are、uh, familiar with, and just look at the price difference. It's it's really really big.、Um, The other thing is, there's also a lot of equipment that's available in Taobao, which is not available in、uh, on Amazon or、um, B and H and Adorama. Like for example, like with the Godox, with brands like Godox or with brands like Leo Photo,、uh, which is also an up and coming tripod brand, a carbon fiber tripod brand in Asia, and they make really good gearheads and really good. Ball heads and really light, light and massively, massive size carbon fiber、uh, tripods. And you know, while I think B and H carries a few of these, but they don't have the whole product range. So you see that with a lot of other products too. With、um, when you go up in Taobao, where there's a lot of、um, products that. You don't see in North America, and, and I think it's the same th- with the other,、uh, with a lot of products that originates from the U.S. as well. Like I mean, it's it, for me, it's very hard to to buy RRS products or um, or um, Arca Swiss products, right? So、um, yeah.、Um, But you know, I think in the long run, if you if 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 you tend to buy a lot of equipment, do check out Taobao and、uh, or any Asian、um, online seller and see if there's any alternative me- methods to get these products over to where you're at and save yourself a lot of money. Um, yeah, so、uh, that's that's all I have to say for now. And if you have any questions.、Um, You know, feel free to shoot me a message.、Um, I, I mean, like I said, I'm no expert. I'm just a working photographer with some experience, and hopefully,、um, you know, my experience can avoid、uh, you from making any、uh, unnecessary purchases.、Um, and also, I mean, I'm not really good at <laughs> I'm not really good at public speaking. So.、Um, I consider this as a form of public speaking, so、um, uh, I do apologize in term when when I whenever I stumble or so forth. And、uh, I know it's not it's、uh, sometimes you guys have great patience, and uh, um, uh, but you know hopefully I can get better and then、um, bring you more information. And oh, actually, the other thing I was talking to another for、uh, the other day I was talking to another photographer, and I think one of the good Things about um, um, me being in Asia is actually I can actually、um, talk about a lot of the new product development with a lot of the Asian brands, and it's not just the Chinese brands because like there's a lot of、um, um, Japanese products and、uh, Korean products that are、uh, coming out that has a lot of potential, and、uh, and I think、um, a lot of you in the United States or in Canada will be, will be very interested about. So I'll keep you everyone up to date, and、um, I will、uh, make a new podcast in the、uh, short time ahead. And、uh, thank you for listening.